Morning, everyone. Hey. hey. Oh. What are you up to, Norm? My ideal weight if I were 11 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan that. Coming up on today's show, seven ways fall is trying to kill you. Oh, gosh. Growing character in our sons and, oh, my favorite, onion or not onion. Awesome sauce. <laughs> but first, it's, what day is it? 17th. 17th, October 17th. And we got a few holidays to celebrate. Ain't that right? Motato. Motato, it is correct, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> it's Actu- National, name. National Fossil Day. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about yep. that. Fossils. They, they exist. There's like a fossil museum in most every big town. So yeah. go look at your fossils today. Uh, I really like this next one, though. It's my favorite kind of food ever. It's National Pasta food? Day. Really? Yes. Pasta is your favorite food. Pasta and pizza, and then bread. So all the carbs. Every carb. All the carbs. All the carbs, and then I'll finish it off with something super sugary and sweet. So. Okay. Yep. Okay. I can't. <laughs> it's this like, is why I can't do keto. It's like, it's like a Pizza Hut or Domino's. You get your main course. Mm-hmm. Bread. Get your side course, cheese sticks on bread. Mm-hmm. And for dessert, more bread. Exactly. Covered with cinnamon. Yep. It's just bread, bread, and bread. Bread, bread, it's and the bread. It's the same, same meal. Yep. National Pasta Day. <laughs> Yum. Anyway, pasta. Pasta. Speaking of bread, I miss the bread bowls from Domino's that had you pasta. said that it. last week. I know. I still miss them. <laughs> All right, Domino's, if you are listening... I just think they still do them. Some, Matt, I, I think they still to... do them in a lot of places. It's really? just our local, like, eh, we're gonna give you this plastic dish, and not even give you the option of the bread bowl. Hmm. They used to still have it. It just wasn't a part of their five ninety nine for two thing. So you'd have to pay like an extra two bucks to get the bread bowl in addition to the pasta. See, I wonder if you Which can go done. in and like still order it, and they'll make it. It's just not on the menu. Maybe. Because I did you know that a lot of restaurants do that? You can ask for something that's not on the menu that they made in the past, and they will still They'll make still it. Still do it? Yes. Yeah, Carl's Jr. did that for a while. They stopped selling the uh, grilled cheese bacon burger. Yeah. Best burger they've ever made. But I went in and asked for it. I'm like, can y'all still make that for me? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Then that, that lasted like three years. And then one day it was done. Yeah. No. Nope. Like what? No. See, it's probably not so much the restaurant as it is <laughs> the people working the there. People yeah. There. Like yeah. The turnover, and now there's nobody left that remembers the grilled cheese exactly. bacon burger. Yep. <laughs> like, what are you talking? You can't just invent things and order them. <laughs> you can't just make them Customer. up. Customer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today is also National Take Your Parents to Lunch Day for pasta. For pasta, exactly. You know. When you mentioned pasta, have you done the never-ending pasta thing at, at Olive, Olive Garden? Garden? Yes. That was pretty fantastic. You know, Olive Garden in general is just really good. It's not true Italian food. No, it's definitely that. Americanized fast food Italian. But kinda, it is the but best Americanized so fast food Italian <clears throat> restaurant yep. ever. Ever. Oh, gosh. It's so good. In uh, 1981 archaeologists in uh, the Middle East uncovered one of the baskets that was used to distribute the bread to the 5,000 when Jesus fed the 5,000. Really? And it was sold to an anonymous uh, buyer in America. Mm. And then in 1982, Bill Darden opened Olive Garden offering unlimited free breadsticks. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's a coincidence. No, I don't think it is either. (laughs) I was under the impression that that's where Jesus got the bread to feed the 5,000 was was from the very first. Maybe he founded Olive Garden. He did. Yes. And it's still coming from that original five loaves. It is. Guys, I just made way too much. Just keep giving it away until it's all gone. And here we are, 2018, still eating that bread. Still eating the bread. Mm-mm. You know, God does miraculous things. <laughs> um, all right, and lastly, it is wear something gaudy day. You're, you're doing a good job. Thanks, Matt. I'm I was, glad you celebrated the holidays so well. I was so going to well. say that to you, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I had already planned it out. I've been waiting on this joke all week. Oh, rude. <laughs> rude. I'm kidding. Our show today is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays, written and compiled by Joshua Powell. Three Christmas plays and one Easter play designed to be the length of an average Sunday morning worship service at a church. Let me tell you about one of them. Uh, the play is called The Best Christmas Play Ever. Pastor Joe, the pastor of Country Corner Church, has put together a Christmas program at his church every year since he has been there. However, he finds himself falling behind in writing and planning for this year's play. While scrambling to throw a major production together, he's reminded by an elderly member of the congregation that the actual celebration of the holiday is more important than a big production. This play has humor and heart and is now, or now, is... Not is now, but now is. It's not a question. It's a fact. Now is the perfect time to get this and three more amazing plays and prepare for Christmas. And amazingly, the cost of this ebook is just $4.99. Get it online at Barnes & Noble, Apple Bookstore, or Smashwords.com, or visit BackRowRadio.com, and you'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. And now that I've read this a couple times, this this ver- this play specifically, mm-hmm. the description of this play, Joshua Powell, the author, has been writing these plays and they've been used in his church. And the whole reason that he's put them together in this book is because he's like, well, it's a shame for us to write it and just use it here and mm-hmm. nobody else gets to ever use it again. Yeah. I'm wondering if this one is based on his real life. Was he... At one point, trying to come up with another amazing Christmas play for his church to put together, and he couldn't think of one, and he made that the story? That would be awesome. <laughs> I got to ask him now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be, yeah. Yep. But anyway, they're really good plays. I've, I've read through them all. Uh, they are fantastic. I want to do all of them in my church in the coming years. So just get it. It's yeah. five bucks. You got five bucks in your pocket right now. Skip your third cup of coffee. And buy the book. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Especially when it comes to coffee. All right. Skip giving your kids lunch money tomorrow and okay. buy a book. That one I can get behind. <laughs> They'll get by. They got friends. <laughs> they got friends. They'll give them the apple right? and celery that they don't want. Exactly. It's time to play Onion, Not Onion. In this game, I read two headlines. One of them is real. One of them is from The Onion. Mo has to tell me which one is the real one, and then I will read the story associated with the real one. Okay. Easy enough? Easy enough. Although I always say, wait, I'm telling you the real one. Yes. Tell me the real one. Okay. Play along at home. So the last two times we've done this, I think, you've gotten the first one, and then you've gotten the last two wrong. Yep. So let's see if you can break that streak today. I feel like today's might be a little easier than they have. Oh, okay. All right. So number one. Flight delayed after woman brings emotional support squirrel on plane. Or report, it's a miracle nothing has punctured your eye yet. Um, The real one is the support squirrel. Correct. Police at a Florida airport removed a passenger who refused to get off a Cleveland-bound flight after she was found carrying an emotional support squirrel. Passengers had already boarded Frontier Airlines Flight 1612 at Orlando International Airport on Tuesday night when they were told that there was a situation and everyone needed to get off the plane, according to passenger Brandon Nixon. Everyone was just a little panicked. You expect the worst when they say something like that, the 25-year-old Ashland, Ohio resident said. A lot of people were asking questions. People wanted to know what was going on. As he exited the plane, Nixon said he asked the flight attendant, if she had other information. And all she said was a squirrel. Hmm. <laughs> but once they were back in the terminal, word spread pretty quickly about what was happening. Frontier says that the passenger had noted in her reservation that she was bringing an emotional support animal with her on the flight. Ah. 
but she did not indicate that it was a squirrel. Rodents, including squirrels, are not one of the emotional support animals allowed on frontier flights, according oh to goodness. its website. The airline says police were called when the passenger refused to leave the plane. Nixon captured video of the moment the woman was escorted through the terminal, pumping her fists in the air as she clutched her carry-on bag with, um, with squirrel on her lap. I knew I had to capture that moment just to show... It was such an odd thing, something you don't see every day, Nixon said. The passengers boarded the plane 15 minutes later, taking off about two hours late. It arrived at Cleveland Hopkins uh, nearly midnight that night. Uh, But Nixon said most of the passengers didn't mind the delay because it was such a unique situation. He said, this is going to be a story to remember for the rest of our lives. Good for them. Have you heard there's someone with an emotional support llama? No. They're trying to get in on planes and stuff like that. I just like don't that. understand people like that. <laughs> I just, I what's, don't. What's wrong with a good old-fashioned dog that can fit in your purse? Nothing. That's emotional support. Don't get a cat. Cats don't care about you. I'm so old. There's no emotional support with cats. But emotional support dog. We all get it. You hear that, America? I'm over it. <laughs> I am over it. Uh, all right, next one. Banksy painting self-destructs moments after being sold for $1.4 million at auction. What self-destructs? A Banksy painting. What is that? Banksy, the street artist. Okay. Famous that nobody knows who he is. Okay, so read it one more time again. Banksy painting self-destructs moments after being sold for $1.4 million at auction. Or side salad clearly made from hamburger toppings. Side salad. That's that's the real one. That's the real one? No. What? <laughs> I mean, clearly they are, but that's not the story. For an artist uh, who's known for his stunts, this could be Banksy's most perfect art world prank. After the gavel fell Friday at, at South, South... I can't ever pronounce this. Sotheby's Auction House in London, Banksy's Girl with Balloon painting was reduced to shreds another apparent act in the disruptive career of the anonymous british graffiti artist the iconic image of the girl reaching out for a red heart-shaped balloon sold for 1.4 million dollars and literally as soon as the gavel fell a hidden shredder inside the frame that the artist put the painting in sent it coming down through the shredder about halfway it was just tattered pieces swinging on the bottom (laughs) there's a video of it and everything uh, <laughs> uh, Banksy summed up the stunt with a quote on his Instagram account it says going going gone I'm looking him up <laughs> along with a picture of stunned onlookers as the shredded art emerges from the bottom of the frame uh, <laughs> that's that's interesting Isn't that crazy that's yeah uh, so yeah on Saturday a video posted on Banksy's Instagram account showed the secret shredder being built into a frame a few years ago in case it was ever put up for auction so he never wanted the art to be put up for auction and so this was an in case thing he did years ago the artist also posted you see and yeah. <laughs> she's looking at it on her phone uh, the artist also posted the Picasso uh, quote the urge to destroy is also a creative urge. <laughs> There's no word on how the shredder started operating at that key moment after the auction, uh, though there have been reports that they thought someone thought they saw someone holding a remote there. <clears throat> uh, the auction price of $1.4 million for the spray paint and acrylic on canvas girl with balloon tied the artist's previous record uh, set in 2008. Uh, it has been reported that the person that... Uh, agreed to buy it for that price was offered a chance to back out and they went through with it because ironically this might have made the art worth even more because it's also now a Banksy stunt that's insane (laughs) that is insane so I'm watching the video and they really had no idea right (laughs) like there are people all around that like they're pointing and it oh wow <laughs> so did you hear that he had built he had he built the frame with a shredder in it yeah yeah, yeah. years ago right <laughs> just for this moment and he was ready for it when it happened <laughs> yeah it's either him or someone that represented him in the crowd and as soon as it was sold <laughs> 
Wow. It's brilliant, though, isn't it? It's so brilliant. It is. Who thinks to do that? The dude's smart. Dude's a smart dude. So on his Instagram, did you say this? On his Instagram, it's uh, quoted with a Picasso quote. Yeah, yeah, the urge to destroy uh, destroy is also a creative urge. Yeah. (laughs) That, wow. Yeah, that's a really cool story. That is. (sighs) All right. Follow him now. (laughs) All right, last one. Okay. Mysterious hole shooting out flames in Arkansas stumps officials, quote, we've ruled out Satan, or most Americans' retirement plans consist of hoping their random junk turns out to be collector's items worth millions. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which one's the real one? The hole in Arkansas is the real one. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> For 40 minutes, a small hole in the ground sprayed 12-foot flames uncontrollably before finally coming to a halt. Images of the red-orange flames and heat from the fire were embedded in the minds of those who witnessed the scene. The hole opened up on a private property in Midway, Arkansas, nearly a month ago on September 17th, and yet it is still stumping investigators. People were quick to offer theories as to what caused the sudden explosion. Was it space junk, meteorites, maybe a gas leak? So far, none of the gases have proved to be correct. Baxter County Judge Mikey Pendergrass told the Arkansas Democrat Gazette he also ruled out another wild explanation, Satan. As far as the spiritual Satan goes, we've ruled that out. He didn't come up and stick his pitchfork in the ground and blow that hole out, Pendergrass joked. Donald Tucker, chief of the Midway Fire Protection District, said the hole acted like a chimney, noting that it's particularly suspicious the fire eventually just stopped. It was drawing air from a lower elevation. Whatever it was, it burned up its fuel and went out, he told the newspaper. The hole didn't just open up suddenly. It has been around for at least 10 years, according to a landscaper. It's kind of like an old groundhog hole, burrow, or armadillos. Pendergrass described, but it's been there a long time. Geologists scoped the hole with a camera and determined it was likely created by an animal because it extended horizontally before intercepting a nearby drainage ditch, according to the Arkansas Geological Survey report. The gas company Black Hills Energy, which has asked to, which was asked to help inspect the site, confirmed it didn't find any utility or fuel lines leaking in the area. The Arkansas Department of Environmental Quality also examined several underground fuel storage tanks in Midway to ensure that they were sealed. Uh, based on everything, there's basically no reason why this would have shot out fire for, uh, for how long? 40 minutes. Maybe shot out fire go, for uh, 40 minutes. Maybe they should go revisit the whole Satan. Thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> no idea. The soil samples should clear up any possibility of gasoline or anything else down the hole or migrating groundwater, contaminating or contaminants such as gasoline, but so far, they have no explanation. Wow. Really weird. Hey, I got two out of three. Yeah, you did. You're doing better. It's Hip Hop Hump Day, y'all. We got some more of that hip uh, hip hopping, hip hopping, rapping, rapping, scapping, Scooby Dooing <laughs> music from yesterday and today. Uh, just a little heavy handed on that this morning. You'll find some other hits sprinkled in there too, but. Uh, going heavy on the, on the hip hop and uh, when we get back growing character in our sons stick around <laughs> Macro Morning Show here on this Wednesday morning. We're glad you're with us as we're heading into our second hour. Our show today is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays, written and compiled by Joshua Powell. Three Christmas plays, one Easter play, designed to be the length of an average Sunday morning worship service at a church. They are all written with a small to medium-sized congregation in mind. They require about 15 performers, props that are either readily either readily available 
or easy to make and can easily incorporate some musical talent from the congregation. Uh, it's a fantastic way to get your church involved in a project together this Christmas. Best of all, the cost of this ebook is just $4.99. $4.99. Get it online at Barnes & Noble, Apple Bookstore, or Smashwords.com, or visit BackRowRadio.com and find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. You're not going to find a better deal anywhere. You're really not. Hey, Mo. Hey, Matt. You got some random facts for us? Not today. Specifically five of them. No? No, none today. Okay. Well, then let's move on. Move on to the next segment. (laughs) All right. So, number one, the brain shrinks over the course of the day, ending up smaller in the evening before returning to its full size the next morning. So, you're literally expanding brain power all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of cool when you think about it. (laughs) Also kind of scares me a little bit. Also kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit strange. Uh, Also, the number of seconds between when you see lightning and hear thunder divided by five equals how many miles away the lightning is. So when you see lightning and hear thunder divided by five? I always thought it was per second. Me too. That was how many miles. That's what I always thought. Wow. So it's closer than we think then. Apparently so. If we hear it and there's five seconds in between, it's only a mile away. Yep. (sighs) Yep. That's going to change the way I react to (laughs) get (laughs) away from the windows. It's five miles (laughs) away. A lot faster, please. (laughs) (sighs) Um, A study found that people born in May have the lowest risk of illness and disease, while those born in October have the highest. So if you were born this month, sorry sorry for for you. you. (laughs) (laughs) We might hang out a little too much. A little too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Every human spent about half an hour as a single cell. Mm -mm. I don't understand that one. When we're being created inside. Oh. There's about a half hour where we're just one cell. Just a cell. So teeny tiny you can't even see it. Okay. Well, that, that's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> science doesn't interest me very much. <laughs> What's science? Ew. Ew. Okay. Gross. The last one. Bell peppers and grapes are berries. Raspberries and blackberries are... What's that word? Aggregate. Aggregate fruits, not berries. Mm-hmm. Bell peppers are berries. I don't believe that. Yep. I don't think it's a fact. <laughs> what what bugs me is that veggie tales. Mm-hmm. Bob and Larry are both technically fruits. <laughs> it's true. They're not veggies. It's true. These are fruit tales. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, Matt. Artist updates. Phil Wickham was finding encouragement in the lyrics of his own song. Living Hope. Uh, He recently posted, I found myself tumbling down the rabbit hole of politically charged Instagram and YouTube videos today. Emotions and pride blinding reason and snuffing out decency on all sides. Hardly anyone truly willing to listen and understand one another. I think the biggest feeling I was left with was that there are just a lot of hurting people out there. People looking for hope. People looking for Jesus, not even knowing it. I am so thankful and overjoyed that Jesus found me and I found him. His hope is a hope that trumps, pun intended, all others. <laughs> and Mercy Me's Mike Schuscher. Schuscher. There's two. There's two CHs in here and and a Z, and that's not fair. Schuscher. <laughs> Mike of Mercy Me is pushing for a new holiday. He posted great idea. After reading the tweet, there's nothing more American than exercising your right to vote. We should make Super Tuesday a national holiday. No school or work, so everybody can uh, America their Americanness. You know, <laughs> I'm on board with it. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and not just with like the presidential elections, but every year when that big, or every other year, I guess, when that big voting day comes around, it should be a day where everybody gets the day off. Yeah. Because there's only so much time <laughs> to go vote, guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, it's important. Voting's coming soon. I think it's it is. I think it's too late to register now. I think the registration date is passed. It did. It ended uh, two weeks ago. Right. But if I'm hearing correctly, we've got some record numbers of registrations. That's awesome. For a non-presidential year, a non-presidential election year. It's 
because everybody got so upset with the last presidential election. <laughs> or everybody was so happy with it that they want to keep it. Yeah, true. <laughs> that could be a it's, possibility it's that as well. Po- it's that polar opposite right it now. It is. It is. <laughs> it's so strange. Living in America today is just so weird. It is. I don't like it all that much. You know. I like America. I just don't like living in it. <laughs> Matt, I'm not seeing how, how that's uh, possible. Well, you, you're you not in my brain. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. Makes sense to me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you did register to vote, make sure you actually do it. All right? I don't care who you're voting for. Just exercise that right. It's America. America, your Americanness, as whoever said. All Mike, right. Mike from Mercy Me. <clears throat> It's uh, not Top List Tuesday. No. It's Wednesday. But we do have a top list for you. Five reasons why our sons might lack character and how to help us reverse the trends. So number one, let's see if we agree with these as we both have sons. Yours are a little older than mine. Number one, we're allowing the prevailing me culture to raise our sons. As in self-focused culture. Look out for number one. Look out for yourself. Yeah. Me. Me monster. I think that's accurate. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Moa's sniffing herself. I am. And it's distracting everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Now. There's, serious conversation. There's only one of you. I was still able to have my conversation in all seriousness while sniffing myself, okay? Jeez. And really, I'm just sniffing my clothing. Because uh, we have a, a dog who we're still trying to house train, and all I can do right now is smell pee. And I'm really freaking out that I am wearing dog urinated clothes uh, I'm, I'm well your your dog certainly lacks character Whoops. but let's talk about your sons okay. keep, keep <laughs> all going. our sons you're the one that brought it up okay <laughs> i was taking this time where i didn't have to talk or say anything to try and pinpoint where the smell is coming from <laughs> and you had to cut into that by calling me out <laughs> oh man yeah, that was that's what I did. <laughs> Number two, we emphasize. Okay, you gotta stop. You gotta stop sniffing. Oh, I found it. Oh, it's in my elbow. Yeah, maybe you just didn't wash your elbow. Yep. Gross. <laughs> Stand still. Yeah, just, now I, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> Number two. Okay, serious. This is a serious list. Dang it. All right. Five reasons why our sons lack character. Uh, Number two, we emphasize self-esteem over God-esteem. I like that because essentially, as a Christian, we believe if you want self-esteem, you get that from God because you get that by looking at yourself the way God looks at you, Mm -hmm. seeing yourself as God sees you, how God defines how he sees you in the Bible, uh, and... This world is designed to make you hate yourself. Yeah. From bullies in school to advertising to everything. It's designed to make you think you're less uh, less than what you really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to have that idea that we can overcome that. That we can build ourselves up, build our own self-esteem up. Now, other people can build up your self-esteem. Sure. But, it's called a bucket filler. Right. And that's 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 good to have encouragement and have people that uh, build you up. But ultimately, if you want self-esteem, if you want to feel good yourself, you have to see yourself as God sees you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Number three, we devalued the God-established differences between men and women. Oh, that's a big one. Gosh, especially these days. Yes. I feel like it is just, I feel like I got my first taste of seeing this in the first couple of years of college. And then I feel like it has gone a hundred times worse in that, however long it's been 10 years or so mm-hmm. that it's just, 
why can't we be different? Yeah. Why is it bad? Why do we have to be equal? Yeah. The first one I remember in college was a professor who was giving a speech that was trying to encourage women to get into the science field and the math field. And part of that speech was giving a proven set of statistics that said women weren't doing as well in those fields. It was supposed to encourage them to get better in those fields, to enter that force if they were to not feel like that they couldn't. Right. And they took it the complete opposite way that he was belittling them by listing those facts and the dude had to resign. Wow. I'm like, why are we afraid of truth? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Why and, do we have to act like we're the same? And that is exactly what it is. There is, we are a society that fears truth yeah. for some reason. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we fear, and I think this happens with a lot of things, both gender and race and and uh, economic status and all that. We we want to emphasize that we're all equal, but instead what we're doing is emphasizing that we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. Yeah. We are all equal, especially like in the eyes of God. Right. But we are not all the same. Yeah. And those two don't equate. Yeah. And we're just coming about it the wrong, wrong way more and more often. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four, we've largely failed to instill God's greater vision for their lives. I think this might be a big thing in school, especially when we have school-age boys. Mm -hmm. Because school is focusing on building them up. Right. Building them to be the man that they're going to be, determine their career, determine their hobbies and their friends and how they operate. And we forget to put in god's vision for their life as well mm-hmm. and teach them to respect that mm-hmm. above all yeah um especially like with sports sports related families the people that go all out with uh, high school football and whatnot mm-hmm. like they got their kids life planned out for the next 30 years yeah i wonder if they ask god about it right it's true <laughs> yeah All right, number five, God's greater glory is seldom the driving passion and priority that compels. I feel like that's similar to number four, Mm -hmm. at least in that way, in that we don't don't put God first in how we raise our kids, raise our boys or girls for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like most of this, I don't know why it's specifically geared towards sons. I'm not exactly sure where this came from. It might have been at a blog that's specifically about raising boys. But I feel like all of this could be easily similar with raising daughters. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we. Uh, it's okay to have passions and it's okay to have things that you like doing and, and uh, hopes of what you're going to do in the future. Knowing that God gave you those talents and and those desires and the abilities, but you also have to have God's plan in the forefront of your of your plan mm-hmm. before your plan. And uh, if that has you using those abilities that you have some way somehow, fantastic. If not, you have to be willing to let that be a hobby mm-hmm. and go for what God really has planned for you. It's going to be ten times better than you've ever thought. So what's funny? I didn't know that this list was in in for today's show. But as I was getting ready this morning, for whatever reason, you know, those shower conversations that you have that just randomly come up, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about, you know, we put timelines on kids as, you know, they should be saying these words by this age. They should be walking by this age. They mm-hmm. should be potty trained by this age. Um, and that goes on forever. Yeah. You know, just throughout the school years and high school and having these timelines. And then I got to thinking being in high school myself, I can, I always hated those assignments. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I hated them because a large portion of me was, well, I have these ideas that I would like. I would like to be a wife at some point. I would like to be a mom at some point, but I don't know if it's going to be in five or 10 years because I'm not the one controlling my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of a mindset that a lot of people get stuck behind is meeting those timelines, meeting yeah. those deadlines. They're, 
they've reached this this age so they should be doing these things and while that's good and that's okay and that gives you something to strive for and work towards it's not definite yeah it's not clear cut you know and that goes into adulthood while everybody else may have this cookie cutter picture of what they've done in their life <laughs> that's not for everyone that's not across the board and yeah i i just kind of that kind of ties into to this list for me of mm-hmm. really reining into our our boys and even our daughters like you said um to have these goals to set these standards for themselves but to the standard above all else is to strive for what God has planned for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I had, I had my whole life mapped out when I was in high school of what was going to happen. And not a single one of those things aside from (laughs) being married to my wife is currently happening on track. Uh, And I don't mind it. Um, Aside from being a janitor, which I am right now, which hopefully it's my side job and I don't have to do that for much longer. Um, if you know, uh, support our Patreon so I don't have to be a janitor anymore. <laughs> right. Um, but aside from that, everything else that I do, uh, I feel like I'd be perfectly content doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Content. I said contempt, but content doing it for the rest of my life. Because uh, it's fulfilling, ministry element. God's letting me use my talents. Yeah. Uh, I never expected to be involved in radio whatsoever, but I'm loving it so far. And uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen 10 years from now? I don't know. I'm open to God changing things up. But uh, right now, I love what I'm doing. And I love the path he's got me on. Yeah. Which is so much better than what I had planned. You mentioned you had shower thoughts this morning. I'm like, so you took a shower and then you put on a shirt covered in dog gear. And- Not covered. <laughs> it's just in the elbow crease. But, yeah. There's nothing else I can say about it. <laughs> it's hip hop hump day, y'all. While we take a break to hose Megan off. When we come back, <laughs> fall might seem nice, but it's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. This Wednesday morning, our third hour is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays. Written and compiled by Pastor Joshua Powell. This is a book packed with four church plays that run 30 to 45 minutes. If you tried to buy even one play like this from one of the bigger companies, just one book and the rights to perform it would cost you about $50. Plus, you aren't allowed to photocopy them for your actors. You gotta buy extra books for them. But with this ebook, you are getting four, not one, not two, not three, but how many? Four. Four amazing holiday plays for just $4.99. Plus, when you purchase the book, you're going to be able to request a free PDF version at no extra charge. So you can print as many copies of the script as you need for your actors. It's a deal that literally cannot be beat anywhere on the planet. Anywhere. I'm going to go out on a limb. There's no better deal Nowhere. than this. Absolutely not. Get it online at Barnes & Noble, Apple Bookstore, or smashwords.com, or visit backrowradio.com, and you'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the news. Scientists have yet to discover a longevity elixir that stands up to medical scrutiny, but a group of researchers believe they are getting closer thanks to a, compo- a compound called Nyko. Tynamide. Okay. Adenine dinucleotide. Or NAD plus for short. That's what we're calling it. NAD plus is the closest we've gotten to a fountain of youth, says David Sinclair, co-director of the Paul F. Glenn Center for the Biology of Aging at Harvard Medical School. It's one of the most important molecules for life to exist, and without it, you're dead in 30 seconds. 
Levels of NAD plus in people and animals diminish significantly over time, and researchers have found that re-upping NAD in older mice causes them to look and act younger, as well as live longer than expected. Now scientists are trying to achieve similar results in humans. You want to look younger? Uh, Go get an NAD plus treatment. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, live longer. <laughs> Jump higher. Why not? Run faster. NAD plus. <laughs> 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 a McDonald's in Multnomah. Oh. Multnomah. Multnomah County, Oregon is being sued for $1.56 million by a 14-year-old girl who claimed she suffered serious burns on her abdomen and lower body from a scalding cup of water allegedly served to and spilled on her by a restaurant employee. The lawsuit, filed October 4th in Multnomah County Circuit Court, alleges that a McDonald's employee served the unidentified minor a dangerously hot cup of water on July 29th, 2017. The water spilled on the teen, causing partial thickness burns, second-degree burns, on her abdomen and lower body, the suit claims. So you remember that McDonald's coffee case from the 90s? I do. And how... Everybody's always joking about that. It's like, oh, you spill coffee, and so coffee's supposed to be hot. Mm-hmm. You pay attention. Yeah, but this is water. Yeah, well, yeah, it's hot. Well, you know, it's obviously ordered hot water. For I don't know, maybe she was she making. She didn't order hot. Maybe water. she was making her own tea. You don't know. She ordered water, is what we know for certain. <laughs> we don't. And she was given know hot anything. water. But anyway, like with that case, that coffee case, mm-hmm. people always make it a joke. And blame the woman. Mm-hmm. But that McDonald's actually did serve coffee at 190 degrees to her. Oh, my word. And the lid had not been fastened on correctly. And she spilled it on her lower half mm-hmm. sitting in the car. And it caused third degree burns. So I can clearly see how if this woman, if this girl had ordered hot water, maybe to maybe to make tea. Because mm-hmm. that's what young, young uh, millennials do now. Okay. They make tea. Sure. <laughs> we have one that works here, Megan Kelly. Mm. She's been on the podcast several times. She makes tea. She's got all kinds of tea. More tea than I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, do you have iced tea? No, I have chamomile gray lemon scent. I'm like, no, I don't need that. Nope, never mind. Anyway, uh, very possible that this girl really did get super injured. Oh, yeah. 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 So, that's happening. <laughs> I have no lesson to learn from that. Other I was than wondering where you don't were going. trust Don't trust McDonald with hot drinks. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, two Dutch scientists are using algae to replace plastics throughout their city. Hmm. And if their mission proves successful, they believe that no one will ever have to use plastic again. Mats of the aquatic vegetation use photosynthesis to take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen back into the atmosphere, just like every other plant species. Now Dutch designers Eric Klarenbeek and Marty Dross, that's Marty with two A's, Marty Dross, have found another feature that could prove just as useful. They have developed a bioplastic made from algae, which they believe could be used to replace synthetic plastics over time. Together with American companies, Eco... Ecovative? Ecovative? Ecovative. The studio has developed a commercial line of fungus-based products called Crown with a K. The DIY kits allow consumers to grow their own lamps tables, or biodegradable picnic items. Grow your own lamp. Strange. um, Wouldn't that be weird? Ten years time, no more plastic, all made of algae. I don't know that I can get behind the whole, like, idea of using a a fork made out of algae. Why not? Or a plate made out of algae. Because no matter how many times, I feel like no matter how many times it's been gone through the process of whatever they do to make it no longer technically algae, once I put something hot on it, 
all those processes it springs go to out life. The wi- yeah. Springs to life again. It all goes out the window and it is algae again. And all I can visualize is like the algae on the side of fish tanks. Yeah. Yeah. That is a little hard to break free from with See? the mental with the mental thing. Yeah. That I I just don't know that I, I I mean I'm all for like let's cut down and let's work on our what is it? Environmental footprint. Environmental footprint, yeah. But can we find something that's not as disgusting as algae? <laughs> Please. All right. Everybody loves fall. It's been fall for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, autumn is a, is a time of great color, abundant harvest, and special festivals. But lurking among all that beauty and all those special times are mayhem, injury, and maybe even death. Here's a look at seven threats that fall has waiting for you. Now, this comes from pinlive.com. So some of the facts here might be Pennsylvania-based, but most of these apply to most of America. Okay. So the first thing is deer. Deer numbers across Pennsylvania right now are at their peak, uh, pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. At uh, 2018, uh, the 2018 crop of fawns has swelled the population, but hunting season is just getting underway. There won't be as many deer on the landscape until the same time next year after another cycle of herd reduction from about four months of hunting, followed by a new round of births. But all of those deers make a lot of trips across the roadways of Pennsylvania, as well as every other state almost, uh, particularly in the late afternoon through the night. November is the worst month for vehicle deer crashes, followed by October, according to statistics compiled by State Farm. Hmm. Uh, Drivers have a 1 in 63 chance of having a collision with a deer in Pennsylvania. That's the third highest chance among all 50 states. Wow. Uh, more than 141 deer-related claims were reported from July 1st, 2017 through July 30th, 2018, or June 30th, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, uh, 2018. So one solid year. Yeah. More than 141,000 uh, across Pennsylvania alone. <clears throat> uh, according to insurance, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, nationwide, uh, the... This is worded wrong. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Nationwide, more than 1.5 million deer vehicle collisions each year result in 150 occupant deaths and tens of thousands of injuries. Have you ever hit a deer? I have not. No? Nope. Goodness. I nearly hit a deer. I am... I'm driving through Arizona. And the highway here is surrounded by extremely tall trees right up to the road. Mm -hmm. So you can't see the turn. You can't see beyond the turn or anything. So you're kind of driving blind. Now, luckily, it was the daytime. Mm -hmm. But I'm driving and I'm looking straight down and I see this giant, biggest deer I've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. just strolling across the road. And I had to slam on my brake. To make sure I didn't hit that thing. Luckily, it didn't stop. If it had stopped, I might have hit it. Yeah. But I slowed down just enough for it to get out of the way on the other side of the road before I passed it. But, gosh, I was scared the rest of that drive until I was back into open areas again. Um, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, surprisingly, and I grew up where deer are prevalent. You know, there's a lot of deer in eastern North Carolina, all throughout the state of North Carolina, and then into Tennessee. And I have seen plenty of deer on the side of the road, spotlighted a whole, spotlit, spotlighted, whatever, (laughs) a whole lot of deer in fields. Never, never came close to hitting one. mm -mm. Not even like that I can remember growing up, my parents almost hitting one or hitting one. So that's good. Yeah. The only thing I ever remember hitting was in the youth van once we hit a white owl. Oh, wow. That scared the junk out of us because it was the middle of the night. It was just nothing, then headlights on a giant owl, then bang, and then we all freaked out. You guys killed Harry Potter's owl. Mm-hmm, we sure did. And that's why I've never been invited to Hogwarts. That's exactly <laughs> why. And you never will be. Never, ever, ever. That's so sad, Matt. And you, you seem mu- proud I'm a of muggle it. forever. You seem that's proud That's the right word, right? Yes, you are a muggle forever. Hold on, I'm... I was trying to look up the name of the owl because I couldn't remember. Oh, Hedwig. Yeah. Hedwig the owl. Hedwig. More like Deadwig, am I right? <laughs> wow. Wow. 
next <laughs> next thing trying to kill you bears pennsylvania has an estimated 18,000 black bears roaming the forests with lots of neighborhoods and just know that they are roaming more wildly than at any other time of the year, searching for the most abundant sources of food to build up their body fat for the coming hibernation throughout the winter. They search; Their search naturally brings them through backyards. Uh, there's no record of fatal attacks in Pennsylvania or anywhere else during the past century. The first one uh, in New Jersey was recorded in fall of 2014, and that was close to the state line with Pennsylvania. Uh, we're having a lot of Pennsylvania stuff. It gets less Pennsylvania focused as we go on. Uh, but anyway, an encounter with a black bear is likely to be the most damaging if it occurs while you're driving. Hitting a bear average weight of 200 pounds and possibly topping 600 pounds is nothing like hitting a deer, yeah. which on average weigh 140 pounds for a mature buck. So if you hit a giant bear, you might be dead. Mm-hmm. You might be dead right there. Mm-hmm. But if a bear, a 600-pound bear shows up in your backyard, you also might be dead. <laughs> uh, someone said, you know, you're, when you see a bear coming in, you're supposed to play dead if you can't get out of there. I'm like, what if that was just something the bears spread around? <laughs> just play dead and we'll leave you alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, look, this guy's playing dead. Uh-huh. There was a video not too long ago. It was in Rhode Island. That was, oh gosh, I keep hitting the mic, sorry. Quit hitting the mic. Sorry. Um, of a bear that was walking through a town, down the street, in and out of backyards, up on porches and then down on porches, and just hanging out, walking around, and I'm watching it and getting all this anxiety, and I looked at Chris and said, what if there's a kid in their backyard playing right, right. now? Right, Like, that kid's gone. Mm-hmm. And I have kids lunch. Where's Billy? Do you send Elijah out to play in the backyard? Not by himself. No? No. For real? For real. Okay. Well, I do not. And we're all fenced in and everything and surrounded by houses. And it's probably safe. But if he's going outside, me or Deidre is going out with him. Really? Mm hmm. Because I don't trust the kid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust him to not hop a fence somehow. (laughs) He's pretty smart. Too smart for his own good. See, when our boys were little, we would let them go out and play. We always lived in a fenced-in yard of oh, some yeah. sort. My, my goal is specifically child-based. Yeah. I don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's perfectly safe, but no. That's And I, I just envisioned my boys being little, out there playing and having fun, swinging on the swing set, and all of a sudden, bear in the backyard. <laughs> what the crap am I going to do? Nothing. Yep. All right, next. Leaves. Mm. All those beautiful red and orange and yellow leaves on the trees today will be on the ground, on sidewalks and driveways, and on roadways within a couple weeks. And they'll lay there getting wet and slippery, waiting for their chance to take you down. (laughs) It might be while you're darting from your front door to your mailbox. It might be while you're driving. According to the Center for Disease Control and uh, Prevention, slips and falls from all causes, not just because of leaves, account for more than 1 million emergency room visits each year. And about 5% of those uh, people break something when they fall. Raking leaves can have its own health impact, too. According to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, more than 38,000 injuries are caused just by raking leaves every year. 38,000. I'm trying to think of... What the possible injury could be. Now, if people are using those old metal type rakes, which yeah. are the, arguably the best, because those plastic ones are typically oh, garbage. Yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. I would assume there's a lot of gashes. Yeah. Scrapes on legs. Yeah. That's why I don't like swinging axes. So I feel like if I miss that thing and it swings too far, it's going right in my shin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a possibility. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. But it terrifies me every swing. I'm like, please hit where I'm hitting. And my father in law <laughs> put a chainsaw through his shin once. Oh. Ah. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. Don't tell me that. Mm-hmm. Don't make me look at that in my brain. Yep. Gross. He still has a giant scar there. <laughs> See, I'm glad he has a leg, at least. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not just leaves. How about piles of leaves? There are more than 3,000 species of spiders in North America. Most are harmless, except to those allergic to spider bites. 
But there are some particularly venomous species, like the black widow and the brown recluse. But they're unlikely to be found in piles of leaves. There you're more likely to encounter wolf spiders, jumping spiders, line-weaving spiders, sack spiders, and crab spiders. Daddy longlegs, also known as harvestmen, are related to spiders. Both are arachnids, but daddy longlegs are in uh, the order... Oh, how do you say that? Opiliones. That's got to be different. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They're most closely related to mites and scorpions than spiders. They are predatory omnivores eating decomposing vegetable material. Vegetative. Oh, it says vegetable. Yeah, vegetable <laughs> matter. But also hunting small prey. Although they secrete toxic substances to thwart predators, uh, they're harmless to human, humans. Humans? Humans. <laughs> but those deadly spiders possibly could be in those leaves. Mm-hmm. They are unlikely, but not, not you know, impossible. The other thing to look for, toxic caterpillars. While their number grows less with each day further into fall, there are still many toxic caterpillars crawling around our gardens and lawns and leaf piles that can give you rashes, blisters, maybe even kill you. Do you remember growing up playing with caterpillars? No, I'm terrified of caterpillars, especially what? furry pointy ones or anything like that. They're all furry and pointy. No, there are green fleshy ones. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> See, I remember growing up and playing with caterpillars, particularly really? the furry pointing ones. You played with caterpillars? Yes. That's disgusting. Now my kids see a caterpillar and they're like, oh, there you go. Okay, keep going with your story, sorry. Uh, let's see. Beautiful and exotic caterpillars crawling across uh, Pennsylvania and other states are engaging humans who feel the need to touch them and hold them. While most caterpillars that contact uh, is inconsequential, there are those that can produce a nasty sting. It's not really a sting. Toxic caterpillars are equipped with hollow hairs that on contact break away from the caterpillar, scratch our hands, and release toxin into the invisible wound. It's a process called urtication. Some of the toxic caterpillar... Just some of the toxic caterpillars out there are the saddleback caterpillar, the slug moth, the monkey slug, the pus caterpillar... The hag moth, the white hockey tussock caterpillar. That's hickory. That's a what I say. Hockey. Oh, I did. (laughs) White hickory tussock caterpillar, the buck moth caterpillar, and the spiny oak slug caterpillar. (laughs) We are we're friends with the spiny oak. (laughs) That one is that one is okay. We we will not. Our family in particular will not see any side effects. That's good. From that one, yeah, we all are immune. Yeah, Uh, you can. You can view photos of all those caterpillars and learn more about uh, where you might encounter them and the symptoms that uh, contact with them might cause uh, if you visit penlive.com and click on this article. Uh, number, 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 I don't know what number. Uh, six? Number six, yeah. Fog. Brisk mornings in the fog often produce fog that persists through the morning drive time. That presents drivers with reduced visibility for which many are unprepared. According to the Federal Highway Administration, there are 300, sorry, 300, way off, 31,385 fog-related vehicle accidents on average every year. They injure 11,812 people and kill 511 people. Fog kills 511 people every year. I believe it. I yeah, really absolutely. Do. It's dangerous. Um, according to the Federal Hi- Highway Administration, no, I read that one already. A common mistake drivers make in the fog is switching to high beams, which reduces visibility as the brighter light bounces off the fog and get and creates glare. Have you ever known that? I had no idea, honestly. You didn't know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's getting brighter, like you could see more. But it's only getting brighter because it's reflecting back at you. Yeah. And thus it's actually blinding you more. But you can't really tell because you're just not seeing anything anyway. Yeah. But you won't be able to tell until a car is smashing into you. Mm -hmm. That, oh, I probably could have seen that a few feet ahead of time and might have gotten out of the way. And then lastly on our list today is frost. Morning frost 
is common in fall. Sometimes it causes icy spots on roadways in shared areas. Shaded. Shaded areas. <laughs> Thank you for helping me read today. I'm <laughs> off. This whole week I've been off reading. Ugh. And on bridges and overpasses. And coming in advance of the ice and snow of winter, icy roadways in fall are often less anticipated. But they'll mess you up. That's the first seven. We're actually going to have eight more things that are killing you tomorrow. So stick around for that. Join us tomorrow to find out what else you should be afraid of in this world. It's Hip Hop Hump Day. Uh, Stick around. We'll be back in a little while to close out the show. We round out our Wednesday with the Bible verse and thought for the day. Our Bible verse for the day is Psalm 25, 14 and 15. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Our thought for the day comes from Sarah Walton. She says, we need to be slow to offer our solutions and opinions and quick to listen to others' pain. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com. Fun fact, we have surpassed 750,000 downloads what? on our podcast feed matt that is so cool yeah we are we are getting Working so close to a million, to a million. so close awesome. wow yeah. all right well thank you to today's sponsor the ebook easy christian church nope, nope. easy church <laughs> holiday plays i just threw christian in there i, I mean sure. they are you know um yeah the ebook easy church holiday plays by joshua powell <laughs> mo what's the final word <laughs> I stink, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. (laughs) Separately, because she smells. Yeah. (laughs)